This is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast, part of the Demcast family of podcasts. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. Today, as part of our town hall series in partnership with the Washington Indivisible Network and Indivisible Tacoma, we present a conversation with Representative Gail Tarleton, who is running for Secretary of State. Our conversation was recorded live on the evening of Tuesday, September 1st. Gail Tarleton is state representative for the 36th Legislative District. Previously, she served as Seattle Port Commissioner and served as Research Advisor and Development Director for the University of Washington's College of Arts and Sciences. She began her career as a defense analyst with the Defense Intelligence Agency in D.C., and she is with us tonight, and we couldn't be happier. Representative Tarleton, it is great to see you again. Stefan, wonderful to see you and all of your team. Uh, thanks so much for having us. Well, we couldn't be more excited. And uh, let's just jump right in. Remind people as a primer of what the job description of Secretary of State is. Yes, so I'm running for Secretary of State. Uh, the Secretary of State is known as the Chief Elections Officer. It oversees the elections that are actually conducted on the ground by 39 uh, auditors and local offic elections officials in our 39 counties. Uh, the Secretary of State also has the responsibility of registering all of the businesses and nonprofits and charitable organizations in the state. And the third and less known but really important part of that office is to help our people know the history of our state, the tribal uh, traditions and tribal nations who have been here for millennia, uh, to know our about our territory as a territory and then as a state. And uh, it oversees the state archives and the state museums. And so it's a it's got rich tradition and very real responsibilities to protect our democracy. Well, it's a tremendous position, and we are very lucky to have you running for it. And certainly one of the things that's top of mind right now are the Secretary of State's responsibilities vis-a-vis -vis the elections. So let's talk about the Trump administration and the GOP's attempts to undermine the U.S. Postal Service. So we know that they blocked $25 billion in funding that the USPS needs to survive. Uh, Trump appointee Postmaster General Louis DeJoy has removed thousands of sorting machines and mailboxes. I'd like your assessment of the damage that has been done here in Washington in terms of removing and sorting machines and mailboxes. Can you give us, give us some sort of idea? Stefan, first, may I just say how outrageous it is that we are all dealing with the attack on the U.S. Postal Service that is coming from our president, that is coming from the Attorney General of the United States. And there is not a single leader in the Republican Party at the national level or in our state here that is condemning the attacks on the Postal Service. It is simply indescribably outrageous. It is despicable. And I think that what we all need to really take on as a responsibility is that it's our post office. It's our postal service. These are our postal workers who are our lifeline to our families and our friends and our colleagues who are all over this country and all over the world to our troops to the families of our troops who are serving all over the world and in different communities around this country who are relying on the post office that serves their local community to not only bring them their ballot, but to bring them their 
care packages and their birthday cards and their flowers when when something is being celebrated or people are being mourned because they have lost friends and family. This is this is deep to the heart of who we are and it's in the constitution for a reason that we have a post office. And so the damage being done indescribable and unknown because the postmaster general just testified last week that he refuses to restore the mail sorting machines, the blue collection boxes, and return to opening the mail processing centers that have been closed. And all of this was stated unequivocally in the federal court right here in Eastern Washington. And we don't even know how many machines have been removed, where they were removed from, what counties are most affected. We don't know how many blue collection boxes have been removed. So the damage estimate, in in military terms is we don't have a known damage estimate. We have no understanding of the collateral damage that has been done. Which is, uh, that's a frightening thing to hear. And in response, yes, I, I know that you've called on Governor Inslee to call on the current Secretary of State to direct election funds to expand ballot box locations throughout the state, among other measures. Uh, what's been her, her response to that? Her response was to tell the auditors to come up with the cash to pay for a 51 cent stamp to put on the ballots. There has been no response to a letter that my colleagues and I sent to her in our official capacity to ask her to please join the attorney general's lawsuit to on the Trump administration and with the against the postmaster general to give us that information. Last week, that lawsuit was filed in the federal court in uh, Eastern Washington and the judge held the initial hearing. And he said to the Trump administration and to the postmaster general's lawyer, I need the post office to provide ASAP, mail sorting machines removed, where were they removed from? Blue collection boxes removed, where were they removed from, how many? The mail processing centers closed the changes in the schedules of the postal workers. I need all of that right now, time is of the essence. And the response of the Trump administration, lawyers, we're not gonna be able to do that. It's simply impossible. These were just policies and our Secretary of State is demanding nothing. And that about says it all. She wasn't asking for where were the mail sorting machines removed. She wasn't asking for where the blue collection boxes are removed, which counties are going to be most affected, which populations and voting centers are possibly going to be receiving their ballots much later than they anticipate. Not because they don't have the right stamp on them or paid the right amount of postage, but because they have no way of knowing what part of the Postal Service is going to be able to get the work done. Well, I think you're laying out in very stark terms why we need a replacement in this position at the state level. I'd like to shift over because, unfortunately, we have a very limited amount of time here. I want to talk about voting rights very generally and get your your, your thoughts on a few things. So in the 2018 session, after the Democrats took the majority, uh, you supported a number of pieces of legislation to increase voter access here in the state and increase turnout. Can you just run down a few of those pieces of legislation for us? We're really proud. Uh, the legislature passed the automatic voter registration, same-day voter registration, uh, the 
Washington Voting Rights Act in 2018, pre-registration of 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds, uh, making sure we had free postage and expanded ballot boxes. We funded in the uh, budget expanded ballot boxes to go all over the state and make sure the counties had ballot boxes. I, it, was a, it was a landmark year, 2018, after five years of trying. We got them all through in one year. And, uh, and that was an important time for this state. Voting rights and voter access were our number one responsibility to make sure voter participation was as broad as possible. And we got a lot done in one legislative session. You're, of course, making an extended argument about why we need more Democrats uh, in both chambers, as well as a strong Democrat uh, all statewide up and down. Uh, I would like to also talk about some threats to our election security, uh, because you bring something unique to the job, which is your national security background. And I, I'm wondering, how, can you, how do you assess the current threats to the security of our elections, both foreign and domestic right now? In 2016, uh, Stefan, the Russians interfered in our elections. The Senate Intelligence Committee has issued bipartisan reports throughout this summer uh, verifying that indeed the Russians did interfere on behalf of the Trump campaign to ensure that they were influencing the outcome of our elections, our democracy. Just two weeks ago, the Senate Intelligence Committee produced its final report which stipulated not only did the Russians interfere in the 2016 elections, President Putin ordered the direct attack, the cyber attack on the DNC emails. That had been the first time in that report that that was stated in public. We had an attack by a foreign head of state, ordered by a foreign head of state on our democracy, on our right to vote. And in response, the Trump administration has invited him in again in, 20, in 2020. The Trump administration is launching a domestic attack on our elections. This is why I'm running for this job, Stefan, because we have domestic and foreign, not only interference, direct attacks on our elections and our right to vote. Our voting rights are at risk. And when our voting rights are at risk, every right we have is at risk. My background in national security and in technology and in understanding how we ensure our voting rights are exercised despite attacks, despite disruptions, how we manage through these kinds of disruptions and be stronger coming out of it. That's what I wanna to bring to this job because this is not the job that this incumbent ran for eight years ago. She's been in the job for eight years and she has done nothing to address these kinds of risks. And we need to address the risks of today and the future. And so I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, run this race. Make sure we are talking about what we need to do to protect our right to vote. Well, and on that note, uh, what are some of the sorts of things that we can do to help you out as we get into the, the final phases of this election? You know, Stefan, what I'm hearing from uh, people across the state is that they have no idea of the record of this Republican Secretary of State. They have no idea that she opposed same-day voting registration. They have no idea that she opposed pre-registration of 16-year-olds. They have no idea that she opposed free postage. They have no idea that she was the chair of the National Republican Secretaries of State Leadership Council advancing the Secretaries of State 
that were responsible for the vast majority of voter suppression and voter roll purging going on in many states around this country. We need the people to know the record of this Republican incumbent Secretary of State. She has chosen to be a Republican. She has put a Republican label by her name in every race she has ever run. And people need to know she is a Republican and she has held partisan Republican positions and she has opposed voting rights, voter participation and voter access. And we need to change the leadership in this office. Well, we're going to have people phone banking on your behalf, and I know that you've just given a list of very powerful talking points uh, as to why you need to be in the job as opposed to uh, the person who is currently occupying it. Before I let you go, can you give us your website? Yes. Uh, vote for Gale, V-O-T-E-F-O-R-G-A-E-L dot org. Representative Charlton, it is always such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking the time tonight. Thank you very much, Stefan. Have a great evening. Thank you again to Representative Gail Tarleton. Thanks also to Kat Pipkin with the Washington Indivisible Network and Julie Anjievsky with Indivisible Tacoma. And that is it for today. Our website is indivisiblepodcast.org and our email address is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. The Washington State Indivisible Podcast is a production of Get Creative Inc. and is part of the Demcast family of podcasts. Learn more about Demcast at demcastusa.com. Thanks this week to Catherine Fysears. Special thanks to Lori Colwell. And as always, my thanks to you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.